millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. And as always, welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. I hope you guys are having a great day. Good to see you over there on the foxhole at pill.net, Last Mimsy and Country Girl. Of course, we've got Rocky's girl, Esther, Real Red Pill fiance, and more hanging out over there on the Rumble chat. Appreciate you guys. If you wouldn't mind, hit that like button or hit that red pill. Let people know this is a great place to go for news, analysis, and reporting. Hey, Roy Stones and Bones, too. Thank you very much for the uh, hat tip over there on Twitter. I have started communicating with Tiffany, and uh, we will... Yes, we have made contact. She just wanted to make sure I wasn't one of the people who was going to attack her. All right, so do me a favor. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. Let me put something into perspective for you guys. 
The U.S. dollar has lost 85% of its value since the 1970s. That's when the dollar was decoupled from gold. And the U.S. government seems hell-bent on continuing this tradition. So, from now until after the next elections, the government plans on printing as much money as they could ever possibly want. The last time they did that, inflation rose by 9%. So, what about gold? Well, gold is the only asset that's been proven through time to withstand inflation. Investing gold right now with Noble Gold Investments. And when you do, you'll get this free 24 karat, one quarter ounce gold standard coin for free with certain conditions. Go to my special website, redpill78gold.com right now. Once again, that's the link in the description, redpill78gold.com. Noble Gold is the only company I trust. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Welcome back, everyone. And please let me allow me allow me to make sure that real Red Pill fiance understands that I'm talking about Tiffany Epps, the daughter of Ray Epps. Uh, Ray Epps, of course, being someone who has allegedly been a ringleader of the troubles that took place on January 6th, 2021. Ray Epps, who tested, texted his friend saying that he organized it, uh, that he actually got people to break down the barricades. Ray Epps, who claimed to have left before any of the trouble started. But of course, there is videographic evidence of him uh, both uh, breaking through the barricades and then he's also caught on camera inside the Capitol building. So Ray Epps, also the one who got a free pass from 60 Minutes and who the New York Times has written about as if he is uh, uh, the subject of attacks by right wing conspiracy theorists, when really what it is, is uh, citizen journalists such as myself attempting to discover the truth, get to the root of what's happening. Anytime the mainstream media has an official narrative that they will try desperately to get you to swallow, I think that all of us know that you need to be looking in the exact opposite direction. So, uh, yeah, Fed Epps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Allegedly, allegedly, I don't want to get sued. <laughs> All right. But I also wanted to show you guys this awesome coin I got. Look at this. I got some new silver here finally after a long time. I don't know if you can see that. Let me try going back to the other camera. There we go. This one, this one has autofocus and it works a lot better. Look at that. It is a frog, an Egyptian frog, and it says Keck on it. It's from the Republic of Chad. Right there, you can see on the back. I got a, a stack of these. And I'm really stoked about them. I think this is super cool. Uh, When I saw this uh, over the weekend, it was in, uh, well, I guess maybe it was last weekend. They were only available in limited quantities. And uh, obviously, with uh, my previous dives on the cult of Keck and the prophecy of Donald Trump being elected president, I just had to get them. So uh, let's see. Uh, Zach's wearing my favorite color green. Oh, great. Awesome. Yeah, this is a great color. I think it looks good on me. It highlights the brown in my skin, although I have to be perfectly honest. uh, We've had overcast days. We didn't get to the beach. I'm super upset about that. I'm hoping that some other day this week we will get to go. Um, I got a whole bunch of stuff coming up this week, guys. If you were here on Saturday, you know that my guest Ryan Montgomery was unable to join us. Uh, so we have rescheduled for our interview about his efforts to stop child traffickers dead in their tracks, exposed pedophiles, exposed pedophile networks. Ryan has done 
more on an individual basis than anybody else I've ever met who has been working on this issue. So I hope that you can join us. That's going to be tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on Red Pill 78. We are still going to have Red Pill News Live at 5 p.m., but then at 9, we're going to be coming back on the air. So hopefully you guys can join us, and hopefully you can help me by sharing out that show when I do publish it. Now, speaking of pedophiles, I think that's where we should start the show today. Because there's new information about a number of pedophiles, uh, both alleged and, of course, convicted, uh, beginning with Jeffrey Epstein himself. This is specifically in relation to his relationship with not only Prince Andrew, uh, but also Jess Staley and Chase Manhattan Bank. Actually, I don't know if there's still Chase Manhattan, but, you know, Chase Bank, you guys know who I'm talking about. So. There's been this ongoing narrative from Prince Andrew that his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein ended when Jeffrey Epstein was uh, forced to plead guilty to some basically uh, pandering charges down here in Florida. However, you've seen the pictures. I mean, he was photographed in New York City walking with Jeffrey Epstein in the park. There's no reason to go visit your old buddy who just was placed on the sex offender registry unless you have some deep-seated connections to them. And these new messages that come out give us a little bit of an insight into what some of those connections may have been. Now, I I believe this is coming out as a result of the recent decision in the Virgin Islands, that case that uh, was uh, against Chase Manhattan by several of Epstein's victims and Chase's victims as well. But uh, at the end of the day, this, uh, this entire saga, it really is a giant puzzle because we have pieces over here. We have pieces over there. We have pieces that we in the truth community dig up. And then we try to uh, arrange everything in the proper order and determine just exactly what the heck is going on. Uh, the fragments of Jeffrey Epstein's criminal conspiracy spread all across America, all across the globe, across business and banking industry, Hollywood, you name it. Now, uh, in this instance, we have a number of legal filings uh, which seem to demonstrate that Jeffrey Epstein had quite the hold on the people that he had in his orbit. And oftentimes, I think it's safe to say that that hold is about a couple of things, either money, uh, personal interest, perhaps blackmail, undoubtedly blackmail. Uh, but more often than not, Uh, I think that uh, people who associate with a pedophile are more than likely pedophiles themselves. I think that that is a a safe bet, 100 percent. If you see somebody going over to a sex offender's house to hang out and have beers on the weekends, you're going to ask yourself just why in the hell are you going over there? What possible reason could you have? Well, we know in Jeffrey Epstein's instance, uh, he was running a global child sex trafficking ring with certain co-conspirators. Now, those co-conspirators got immunity when Jeffrey Epstein pled to those pandering charges down here in Florida. But at least one person has gotten in trouble since then, and it looks like a couple more of them have died. But in the case of Jeffrey Epstein's uh, former bank, 
being sued by the U.S. Virgin Islands. We have a new 22-page document. In that document, it details a number of personal communications between Jeffrey Epstein and Jess Staley, the man who was his personal banker at Chase, and it's been released as part of this case. So it gives us, uh, again, additional puzzle pieces that we can use to put together and determine who was involved when and for what reasons. And one of those people who has been drawn back into the conversation about Jeffrey Epstein and his business interests is none other than Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew being the black sheep of the British royal family. Now, I mentioned that 2010 photograph where Henry and Epstein are walking around, uh, I think it was Central Park. And I go back to the statement I made about having beers with a pedophile. You don't hang out with somebody who's been convicted of something like this. I mean, a person who is involved in these types of behaviors is not a person who can be rehabilitated, and it's not a person that I think deserves to be part of society any longer. Uh, the only reason Jeffrey Epstein was allowed to continue on is because he had that money, he had the blackmail material, and of course, he had the connections. Now, uh, according to Andrew, their relationship was broken off shortly after this image was published back in 2010. It, uh, allegedly, he went to New York to tell Epstein in person, we can't be buddies anymore. Apparently, a call wouldn't suffice, an email, not a text message. Um, but as a result of this recent legal filing, we have what it can be construed by some as a bombshell document, which shows that uh, at the time of Prince Andrew's visit to New York, he also happened to be there, not just to cut his relationship off with with uh, with Jeffrey Epstein, but actually to strengthen it. He was requesting that Jeffrey Epstein help him secure some $200 million in funding for what is being billed as a mysterious fuel company, a mysterious fuel company, which uh, doesn't appear to actually exist. Uh, there is a couple of leads on where this might be. Um but this is actually a request that then was passed on to Jeffrey Epstein's private banker, Jess Staley. Uh, this was uh, on the very first day uh, of the five days that Prince Andrew spent at Jeffrey Epstein's brownstone mansion there in the heart of New York City. He needed a full five days to tell his good old pal that because he was now a sex vendor, he was no longer going to be able to hang out with it. So on December 2nd of 2010, Jeffrey Epstein forwards an email from Staley to Prince Andrew with an inquiry that Prince Andrew received from the Aria Petroleum Company. They were looking for that $200 million in working capital. Now, apparently, according to Andrew, this company was based in the United States, and Andrew wanted to suggest to Epstein that they connect with Chase Bank through Jess Staley because these guys were thick as thieves. Now, Again, these messages directly undercut Andrew's justification for visiting Epstein. He wasn't there to break off their relationship. Again, he was there to strengthen the financial ties between these two men, likely because of their shared interests in a number of things. Now, uh, the government has declined to say whether the approach to Epstein was made as part of his role as trade envoy or if it was sanctioned by ministers. Remember, uh, Andrew actually had an official job within the UK government. However, there is a former minister who is speaking about this. He said Andrew's case that he flew over to America to break up relations with Jeffrey Epstein was threadbare at best. And now it's been shot 
to pieces. So in this 22-page document, we've got the emails between Epstein and Staley. Uh, and uh, of course, Chase uh, had Epstein as a client. Jess Staley was his personal banker. The suit against Chase uh, was as a result of their business relationship with Jeffrey Epstein and the, the likelihood that they benefited from his sex trafficking operation. Uh, now, I want to go back to Aria Petroleum because, it, as I said, there is a couple of uh, uh, there's a couple of indications about what Aria was or what it might have been, but it appears to be a bit of smoke and mirrors, you might say. Uh, Freight Awakening. <laughs> Whenever I want to cut a friend out of my life, I fly thousands of miles to let them know and then try to borrow money. Story checks out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. So the real question is, uh, was Je- was Prince Andrew acting uh, in official capacity as an envoy of the British government? Uh, was he acting as uh, a personal representative for his own business interests with it for some larger stake with the entire royal family? Uh, but when we look into Aria Petroleum back in 2010, uh, there were two companies in the United States trading as Aria Petroleum. But the only problem is both of them appear to be linked to local gas stations. That's right. Uh, I don't think that Prince Andrew would have been looking to secure $200 million to invest in a couple of Pakistani petrol stations in the middle of Washington, D.C. or some other place in the United States. But actually, one of them was in Florida. So maybe it was uh, uh, something else. But uh, the uh, the address of the second company that was in business back in 2010 uh, was a petrol station in Los Angeles. Now, they appear to be completely unrelated. Aria Petroleum in Florida, Aria Petroleum in Los Angeles. If we take a look at documents that leaked out in 2021, they claim that there was another company called Aria Petroleum, but they weren't a United States company. It was a uh, United Kingdom and Cypriot-based oil trader. So Cyprus and the UK. Uh, They actually partnered with another firm to supply jet fuel to the United States Air Force in Afghanistan from 2012 on. Now, uh, ARIA UK uh, was established that same year in 2012, and uh, they paid out 40.5 million pounds in dividends uh, in 2018. And then their business operations were wound down in 2020. No one from the Aria Petroleum that was a real company is speaking about this. Uh, they haven't responded to anything. Um, but what we can tell from these documents is, is that Epstein, Staley, and Prince Andrew continued to maintain a cozy relationship despite Andrew's statements that he went there to break up with his good pal, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, Apparently, in these emails, it continues on after that $200 million ask. Uh, Andrew wanted to represent China in the interests of an organization called Kasanov. Now, Kasanov appears to be a disambiguation. It's not the correct spelling, but there was a J.P. Morgan Kasanov, K-C-A-Z-E-N-O-V-E. Kazanov was a UK investment banking business, which was known as the Queen's Broker. It was also one of London's oldest firms before its banking business was bought by Jeffrey, or excuse me, by JP Morgan in 2009. Now, 
it appears that if he was going to be asking to represent the business of China in regards to any company, it probably is that Kazanov. Uh, and it also appears that as long as money is on the table, Prince Andrew is not above hanging out with some really scummy people. So I thought that that would be a perfect opportunity to check in and see how Ghislaine Maxwell is doing. We know that Ghislaine Maxwell's been having a real tough time in prison. I mean, she went from jet-setting around the world, uh, going to the bottom of the ocean with uh, with her Terramar organization, uh, sailing yachts all around the world, jet-setting on private jets with Jeffrey and maybe John Kerry. I don't know about that. But she was all over the place, and she was living the high life. She grew up in opulence, okay, Remember, her father stole hundreds of millions of pounds from the pension fund of his own employees and then mysteriously disappeared off the ass end of his ship, ironically named the Lady Ghislaine. And then after that was when she began hooking up with Jeffrey Epstein. They began their close association. They were apparently dating for a time. At a certain point, she aged out of Jeffrey being attracted to her, and then she just continued to stick around and procure younger girls for him, uh, probably because she had no money. Uh, She needed uh, to lean on somebody, and why not lean on the world's biggest sex trafficker? Uh, So anyways, now that she's behind bars, now that she's the only person close enough to Jeffrey Epstein to be charged and convicted with anything, uh, apparently she's having such a difficult time, she's not showering. Uh, And uh, and they're calling her uh, a Karen. (laughs) Something tells me you don't want to be labeled a Karen in the inside of a a federal prison. But uh, with her associates, Associations with Jeffrey Epstein, I mean, everybody knows exactly who who she is. So she doesn't have a good reputation inside the prison. Uh, Apparently, it's difficult for her to carry the legacy of this association. Uh, And uh, behind bars, (laughs) she's afraid she's going to be targeted and, and she can't even bring herself to take a shower. So not only do people know who she is, but they can smell her coming as well. Apparently, the Tallahassee prison where she's located, uh, she's not very popular with the administration either. Uh, She has used the prison's video system to give an interview claiming that the infamous photograph of Prince Andrew with young Virginia Giffray was a fake. I think nobody believes that except for maybe Ghislaine and Prince Andrew. I mean, but of course, they know it's not fake. Nobody's buying it was what I'm saying. But uh, she's also had a habit of lodging complaints from behind bars. Just imagine uh, a woman who grew up up on yachts and running around the world on private jets. She now finds herself in a five by seven cell where she's surrounded by inmates and violent criminal offenders. So apparently she's making complaints all the time, over 400 complaints. And this is where she has earned the nickname prison Karen. Uh, and uh, and she's going to be there for 20 years, you know. So, I mean, uh, obviously she wants to live in, in the best possible conditions she can. But unfortunately, Ghislaine, prison is not supposed to be a comfortable place to be. Uh, She also accused a female guard of sexual abuse. Check the irony on that. Uh, She was apparently being confronted about her personal hygiene when this guard allegedly sexually abused her. The guard probably put her hands on her and maybe tried to push her into the shower. I could see that. Um, But it's not like she's just, uh, you know, living her best life and not showering. She's exercising. She's going and running on the track. So, uh, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell is uh, is developing a bit of an odor. Uh, so <laughs> apparently they're saying that her 
hoo-ha stinks. <laughs> that's, that's a direct quote. That's a direct quote from the prison. Ghislaine Maxwell's hoo-ha is said to stink. <laughs> the officer, of course, never touched Ghislaine Maxwell, but it, it, they had a conversation about cleanliness, uh, saying that she needed to shower more frequently. Uh, but the officer has a mouth like Cardi B and was completely tactless about it. <laughs> An insider told the Daily Mail she came in and said, Ghislaine, you need to get your ass in the shower, you pussy. <laughs> hoo-ha stank. Maxwell uh, reported this uh, to the superiors there because she said it left her feeling uncomfortable and embarrassed. Well, (laughs) all I got to say is that's prison life for you. Now, uh, from what I understand, I I haven't met any, haven't spoke with any, but apparently sex offenders uh, avoid the shower because it's the the most likely place where they can get stabbed, uh, get shanked in the – and then, of course, the blood's just going to run down the drain. Yeah, once again, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, one time living a life of luxury, and now, unfortunately, she's only one year into her 20-year prison sentence, and she can't even take a shower. Oh, isn't that a shame? Uh, so I, I also thought it would be perfect time to mention another close associate of Jeffrey Epstein, uh, an actual visitor to Epstein's Island. Y- you might uh, draw the conclusion that he was also very close with Ghislaine Maxwell, considering that Maxwell was Epstein's right hand okay she was right there with him the entire time the hand of the king if you will uh and of course reed hoffman uh the founder of linkedin the social media network that's uh you know great if you're working a corporate job uh because it might help you get a different one uh he has uh, uh of course been reported to have visited the island on many many occasions uh went to a variety of epstein's um uh, businesses uh, his uh, his his homes and residences uh and of course he is also famously funding E. Jean Carroll's lawsuits against Donald J. Trump. So uh, Reed Hoffman's pockets appear to be nearly limitless, and he's just recently donated $700,000 to Joe Biden's campaign. I think that's more than anybody else is going to donate, uh, and it might outshine any other possible donations that Joe Biden might get. But something tells me this is going to be some money that Reed wishes he was able to take back at some point. You might remember that back in 2006, 17, uh, he was the one who was responsible for the smear campaign against Judge Roy Moore. Facebook allowed it probably because he was uh, a founder of another social media company. And of course, Facebook has no problems with lies and slander when it's against conservative personalities, especially if it means that they're going to be able to assist in destroying someone's uh, chances at uh, taking elected office. This was basically what you might call the Russia model. They uh, took exactly what they did to Donald Trump and uh, they, they, they cranked it up by factors of hundreds. Now, uh, Hoffman has admitted that he donated $100,000 to the smear campaign effort, which Democrats later were forced to admit was nothing but a disinformation campaign, exactly like the Donald Trump Russia collusion hoax. And as a result, they won that Senate race in Alabama. And then in 2018, Hoffman was part of another deceptive campaign. He was a top donor to an alleged Republican Never Trump Women's Pack. I don't know how many actual women were members of this, but I think everybody here watching knows that women love Donald Trump. Donald Trump will tell you, you know, I mean, when you're rich, you can do whatever you want. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, everybody loves Donald Trump and the women of this country. If you had to choose between uh, sniffing Joe Biden 
and uh, stoic, heroic Donald Trump, the man who gave up everything so that your rights could be protected, so that your country would be there for your children when they grow up. I think that 95% would choose Donald Trump. Uh, Also, back in uh, 2018, it was revealed that uh, there were a number of other Democrat operatives that were linked to Reid Hoffman. He was funding efforts uh, to suppress the GOP turnout in midterm elections. Now, in those elections, Republican lost the House and Nancy Pelosi took the gavel and uh, the rest is history. So uh, I think it's safe to say that he has a, uh, a certain edge of the political spectrum that he's committed to. And the fact that he's donating money to Jeffrey Epstein, uh, excuse me, to uh, Joe Biden uh, is is is. You know, it's no surprise, especially after uh, he was so closely associated with Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, And, of course, there are allegations of Joe Biden having inappropriate contact with a number of children. If we go back uh, to the time of Reid Hoffman's visits to Jeffrey Epstein, uh, there was uh, meetings at Jeffrey Epstein's home. Uh, He has also, of course, uh, been to Jeffrey Epstein's uh, private island, his uh, little St. James Island. And. He was questioned about this by the uh, mainstream media. The Wall Street Journal asked him about it. Uh, they're the ones who actually uh, broke the story, believe it or not. Uh, he said at, at the time that he went to visit uh, with Jeffrey, he was trying to convince him to donate to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, uh, where he helps advise the MIT lab. Now, there is uh, a number of other MIT personalities and um, uh, high-profile people in in modern-day science. Trust the science, especially the ones that trust Jeffrey Epstein. So uh, he claims to have uh, regretted it. He wishes he had never been there. Uh, He said uh, that, uh, you know, if he had a chance, he he would uh, completely uh, undo it. He said, it gnaws at me that by lending my association, I helped his reputation. The, The man whose association has always resulted in smear campaigns. Yeah, He helped Jeffrey Epstein. And thus he delayed justice for his survivors. While I relied on MIT's endorsement, ultimately, I made the mistake. And I'm sorry for my personal misjudgment. I'd like to see the security footage of Reed Hoffman visiting Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile island. I wonder how long he was there. I wonder how many times he went. But either way, uh, I think that in the end, that $700,000 spent on Joe Biden is going to be money that will not be well spent. Uh, let me see over here real quick. I see that uh, Doug Simey dropped a can starting off the donations on the foxhole, pilled.net. Thank you so much for that, Doug. Uh, Loop to Loop, thank you very much for your cookie. Asquatch, thank you for the can. Thick Race says there is a ton of content on Foxhole. Hashtag the truth is loose. There is a ton of content on Foxhole. Doug Simey dropped another cookie. And Paul Thaddeus, thank you so much for those gold, gold pills. I uh, appreciate you guys. All right, so... We have one more story about a pedophile that I think we have to talk about because this is something that I've been meaning to talk about for like the last week. But of course, you know, there's always so much news now that I've had this large section on high profile pedophiles in the United States and abroad. I think it's time to bring a high profile pedophile from the United Kingdom into the conversation. Uh, recently, it was revealed that there was a secret pedophile high ranking within the uh, confines of the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation. Now, his identity was not initially released and there was a bit of back and forth for a couple of days. Well, late last week, it was revealed to be this gentleman that you see on screen right now. His name is Hugh 
Edwards. And apparently Hugh Edwards is a very high profile individual at the BBC. And we'll talk about these specific allegations against Hugh Edwards when we come back from the break, which is to talk about the sponsors of the second half of the program. And that would be my friends at, of course, it's not working. Let me fix it. That would be my friends at onenessdrops.com. If you go to onenessdrops.com and use code RP78, you can get your own chlorine dioxide water purification kits. This is an excellent product to keep on hand, to keep in your go bag, to keep even in your car. Let's say your car breaks down someplace and you need some potable water because you're out in the middle of nowhere. This would be perfect. If you have water that is uh, ripe with pathogens, this substance, chlorine dioxide, is a miracle of modern chemistry. It's a miracle of God, if you want to be honest about it. That's why the powers that be want you to believe that chlorine dioxide is the same thing as bleach. It's not anywhere near the same thing as bleach, because that's a different chemical formula. And if you know anything about chemistry, then you know that... uh, Some things are closely aligned and other things are not closely aligned. But when you use code RP78, you'll get 15% off your entire purchase at onenessdrops.com. It comes in two different formulations with either hydrochloric acid or with citric acid. And it doesn't matter which one you choose. They're both the same price. And when you purchase them and put them together, parts A and B, it makes chlorine dioxide, also known as the universal antidote. So great to have on hand for your emergencies. Great to have on hand when you're traveling, especially uh, if you're going to a foreign land. This would allow you to drink the water in Mexico. Not medical advice, but something you might want to look into. So please visit onenessdrops.com and use code RP78 to save 15% off your order. Also visit preparewithredpill78.com. My friends at My Patriot Supply this month are offering an $80 discount on a four-week supply of emergency food, over 2,000 calories a day with 16 varieties of food. Uh, it comes in a sealed watertight container. It is free shipping. And at the end of the day, when you do the math, it's less than $3 per meal, which is a great deal. It's less than you will pay for uh, a lot of things out there. Uh, and Of course, because they are packed with uh, nutrition and everything your body needs to sustain itself should there be an emergency and you're unable to go to the grocery store or get food from someplace else. I highly recommend having uh, several months of this on hand. As I've said before, uh, Lisa and I have about a year of food per person that's on hand. It's uh, sealed away in our secret compartment. Uh, So I highly recommend prepare with redpill78.com. When you go to that special link, it will automatically give you the discount. And then finally, our friend Mike Lindell at mypillow.com. Just a reminder, we have Mike Lindell's next election integrity event coming up next month. I will be going. I'm going to have some people on on the 20, uh, excuse me, on the 29th who are actually going to be discussing the specifics with us. But when you go to mypillow.com and use code RP78, you can save up to 80% off on all of the products there at MyPillow, whether it's the MySlippers or the MyPillow 2.0 or the MyPillow mattress topper or the whole mattress or the Giza Dream Sheets, the beach towels, the bath towels. Uh, There are no shortage of products you can purchase there that you probably need. When you go there, just use RP78 as your discount code, and that way you will support us here at Red Pill 78, and I can continue to bring excellent episodes of Red Pill News. So thank you so much to Mr. Lindell for continuing to sponsor the program. So as I was saying before the break, Hugh Edwards, high-profile broadcaster there at the BBC, 
Uh, the BBC is investigating their senior news anchor, uh, and uh, this is uh, both behind the scenes and then also in front of the scenes. Uh, now, what's really interesting is that although the BBC continues to investigate, uh, the Met Police have apparently given Hugh Edwards a pass. They've said that he hasn't broken any laws, uh, and of course, his wife is uh, demanding that uh, they stay out of it, uh, and uh, as a big reason for that is that Hugh Edwards is hospitalized for serious mental issues. I'm not certain if he went into the hospital as a result of being exposed as a disgusting pedophile or if he was already in the hospital and all of this information has come out. So let's go a little bit deeper because it has uh, echoes of Jimmy Savile. Remember, Jimmy Savile was huge with the royal family. He was big at the BBC, uh, top of the pops. There have been people who claim to have formerly associated with people like Jimmy Savile, bringing underage girls into him. Uh, and, you know, he was a disgusting and unrepentant pedophile. He was a necrophiliac as well. That's right. Jimmy Savile would uh, rape dead bodies. He also had a penchant for raping kids with mental disabilities, uh, just the most heinous things you can possibly imagine. So in the same way that Jimmy Savile hung out with the royal family and Jeffrey Epstein hung out with the royal family and, you know, there's a bunch of pedophiles uh, out there in these uh, high level circles. Well, I mean, I think that uh, it makes a lot of sense uh, when you take a look at Hugh Edwards and his association with the BBC. I wonder how close he was with Jimmy Savile. I wonder what Hugh Edwards has been doing while he's been a top broadcaster at the BBC. Now, a news outlet called GBN has reported that Edwards has received an outpouring of support after the police concluded there was no information to indicate a criminal offense. Of course, he is uh, probably one of those uh, uh, too big to bag pedophiles. After he's dead, it'll come out. There were claims against Jimmy Savile while he was alive, and he was able to just brush it all off because he was so close with the royal family. But uh, the news establishment is trying to lock arms along with Hugh Edwards to protect him. Uh, there is a program called Newsnight that's hosted by Victoria Derbyshire, uh, but she is not one of those people locking arms. Uh, she's begun to ramp up this investigation again. She's made further claims that Hugh Edwards had pursued younger staffers with significant flirty messages. He abused his position as one of the broadcaster's top stars. Uh, they say Hugh Edwards was described by former colleague John Sopel as being extremely angry with the handling of multiple allegations levied against him and not overly impressed with BBC coverage. BBC executives are now mulling over whether to back BBC presenters disgruntled co-worker complaints or support BBC journalists investigating the BBC presenter and the BBC handling of complaints. It's a really kind of uh, incestuous situation. You've got all of these people who stand in solidarity with Hugh Edwards and the BBC, and then you've got a whole other sector of people who were abused by Hugh Edwards and uh, who are actually trying to blow the lid off of the Hugh Edwards situation. So 
The outing of Hugh Edwards was actually done by his wife. Uh, and that came after there was about a, a week of guessing in the media about who this mystery BBC broadcaster was who had reportedly paid a young person in exchange for sexual images. Now, I don't know how young that person was. But again, I go back to the uh, the associations that this man has and, and the things that we've known about these high-level pedophiles in the past. The Guardian had this to say, the idea of a big public figure having a double life that is going to excite huge interest, but we don't know the facts yet. The BBC must work out if it has been brought into disrepute. The claims could certainly be constructed as very undermining of Edward's role as the face of the BBC's coverage of state occasions. He has a special relationship of trust with the public. Isn't that what the worst offenders always do? They develop a special relationship with the people they're going to be victimizing, or in this instance, with the uh, the British public. Uh, in an alternative world, the BBC's best-paid journalist might have been swiftly informed of a complaint about his private life, which was originally made in mid-May, and he might have then disproved it with ease, or instead uh, have been reprimanded for secretly playing fast and loose with the corporation's reputation. But uh, now, there are people who are starting to question the editorial decision that's been taken by some of these outlets in the UK uh, as to why they wouldn't fully want to investigate this. And I think it goes back to the the same reason that Mike Rothschild doesn't want you to watch The Sound of Freedom. Uh, it's because when you're exposing pedophilia, uh, there are certain people who are going to take issue with that. I'm not saying Mike Rothschild is a pedophile. I'm just saying it's a very strange thing that he doesn't want you looking at a film, which the only message in it is that we're going to save children. We're going to protect children. We're going to take the scum that traffic children into sexual situations off the street. And we're going to do it in any way that we can. In the case of Tim Ballard and his group, uh, they privately went into Columbia. They took these traffickers down and they saved a bunch of kids. Now, a key issue uh, with The Sun and their reporting on this, editor Victoria Newton did not print denials from the young person at the core of this story that any harm had been done. The result was the publication of a lurid front page splash quoting the young person's mother, which has put the BBC in the dock. Now, uh, the story has been rebutted by the lawyers for this victim. Are you any uh, anybody out there you know, thinking that maybe there might be a payoff in there? But they say there's no indication that a criminal offense has been committed. Um and essentially, they're trying to cast it as uh, gossip. But, you know, they always say where there's smoke, there's fire. And if you have uh, enough people making the same uh, claims against somebody, then, you know, maybe it's actually the case that it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> T.C. Burton, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> oh, my mom. <laughs> F you. All right. So. I covered Donald Trump's speech in Turning Point USA over the weekend. He was incredible. He was in rare form. We had a lot of fun. Hopefully, you got a chance to see that. We had a, a, a live rendition of Red Pill News, special time on Saturday. And then when POTUS came out, we hung out with him for a couple of hours. And everybody that was here with me, uh, we had a great time. And, and, and I hope that the people who are here now and weren't able to be there over the weekend, definitely go check out the video because it was so much fun. 
But Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson opened the weekend with uh, his his uh, roundtable that he was doing with the Republicans that were running for uh, for Congress. OK, and uh, excuse me, for Congress, for, for president. And uh, there were a couple of savage interactions. We talked about that a little bit. But he also savaged the current Biden White House over this cocaine-fueled uh, smuggling saga that's taking place uh, in the White House. And, of, of course, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the claims made by the White House just don't make any sense. But Tucker Carlson had a great run of comments about this that I just had to bring to you guys because I think that he's spot on. Let me go ahead and get this up here, and we'll take a listen. What'd you say? I don't know what, you know what, the thing about that story is just a mystery to me. No one was more shocked than I was. Are you serious? In the Biden White House, somebody left an eight ball of cocaine in a public, I was like, I said to my wife, that just doesn't, it's just not in character, you know? I just don't believe it. It's clearly a setup. I went right back to Marion Barry and I was like, somebody set you up. I'm serious. It was, you know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> it was so, can I, I'll stop with it. That was my favorite story of all time. Me too. Me too. <laughs> because it just explains all the behavior. It really does. I, mean, I worked in the media business for my whole life, so I, I know what the behavior looks like. But it's like crazed and grandiose. I've got a plan. You're not going to believe it. It's unbelievable. It's going to totally work. What we're going to do is we're going to totally rearrange everything, okay? We've been doing things a certain way for a long time, okay? And it's worked. And that's their entire approach. (laughs) Oh my God, he's so on point. If you guys have ever seen somebody on cocaine just like pontificating about what they think is like a a very, very deep point, I know exactly what we're going to do. Check the spy hole, check the spy hole. People on cocaine, act exactly like the Bidens do. And so Tucker Carlson was absolutely on point. Let me also, do you guys remember this one? Uh, When Joe Biden gave that speech and didn't blink, that is also that is also uh, a uh, an indication when somebody's on cocaine. Take a look at this. The D.C. Metropolitan Police, other law enforcement agencies were attacked and assaulted before our very eyes, speared, sprayed, stomped on, brutalized. Lives were lost. And for three hours, the defeated former president of the United States watched it all happen as he sat in the comfort of the private dining room next to the Oval Office. While he was doing that, brave law enforcement officer subject to the medieval hell for three hours. That's only one portion of that speech where he doesn't blink the entire time. It went on like that, oftentimes for many minutes at a time. Very unsettling, obviously, to say the least. And if you'll also notice, there was a certain 
tenor in Joe Biden's voice. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the action of taking cocaine, you snort it through your nose and it goes to the soft palate of your throat in the back and, and there's something called drip. It drips down into your throat <clears throat> and it can make the sound of your voice actually change. Now, being high on cocaine like that also might make you not blink for a really long time. Uh, so I'm just putting it out there. It's a real possibility. So Tucker was uh, incredible this weekend, and we have a, a number of different things we're going to talk about from Tucker's interactions with the Republicans that are running for president. But uh, John Kirby, who is, you know, shill number one for the State Department under, under Joe Biden's authoritarian regime, uh, went on Fox News Sunday and uh, <clears throat> is still attempting to mop up the refuse of this cocaine investigation or this non-investigation, if you will, because there really was no investigation. Or rather, if there was an investigation, the true results were not allowed to be reported. As I reported to you this weekend, there are agents within the Secret Service who said, point blank, we know exactly who touched this bag of cocaine. We know exactly who put this bag of cocaine into this particular locker uh, because they actually did have fingerprints and DNA evidence. But of course, John Kirby is going with the official narrative, which is that there is no forensic evidence to prove exactly who did it. So he went on Fox News Sunday. And despite the fact that the Secret Service has closed, it's an investigation. Uh, you might remember that they did no interviews with anybody. They didn't ask a single person if they brought the cocaine into the White House. They just looked at the cameras and uh, they just wiped their hands of it and walked away. Probably gave the cocaine back to Hunter, if you want to be really honest. Uh, the surveillance cameras inside the White House apparently... They, they they are positioned everywhere, except when looking at the cubbyholes in this foyer. <clears throat> I think that anyone with half a brain can understand that that is just simply a laughable thing to say. Uh, the fact that the White House is so heavily guarded, so heavily secured, that every single person coming in and going out is going to be checked by Secret Service, uh, and that a person who's on cocaine is not going to think twice about touching the bag of the cocaine. In fact, I will posit something to you. There would be ample DNA and fingerprint evidence all over that bag of cocaine because whoever was picking it up to do a bump, they're going to have to put it back in their pocket and pull it out. And it's going to be a repetitive motion. It's going to have thumb and index fingerprints all over it. And of course, the DNA would just be everywhere. Uh, now, according to Secret Service spokesman Anthony, Anthony Guglielmi, uh, they chose not to interview 500 people that could have potentially brought the cocaine. And I don't know if the Bidens are included in that number, but because he said it would be a strain on agency resources. When have the Democrats ever had a pension for not straining agency resources? Doesn't matter what agency it is. I mean, they spent how many tens of millions of dollars trying to investigate Donald Trump for things that weren't crimes, for things that never happened. Uh, and they knew straight off the rip that none of it was true. But they had no problems uh, expending all that money and wasting as much time uh, for anybody that they possibly could. So John Kirby, when asked about it, he said, I, I can't really speak to the investigation that was done by the Secret Service. They did the best they could. They just were not able to come up with any forensic evidence that proves it. Uh, and uh, that's, again, laughable. Let's go ahead and take a listen 
to John Kirby's statement, because I'd like to see what the reporter on CNN has to say when he claims this. Security issue that is domestic. Okay, I want to talk about a national security issue that is domestic here in nature. This is the cocaine found at the White House. Secret Service says um, they didn't have enough evidence to look at any particular person, and the case is closed. Um, Speaker Kevin McCarthy says that is a national security issue. Here's what he says. If they can't tell us who brought it, what else is happening in the White House they can't tell us about? What else is coming into the White House they can't tell me about? That even concerns me more now. Certainly you can understand that Americans, many of them, first of all, are aghast that there was ever cocaine in the White House. We heard that there were reports of marijuana a couple times found there last year as well. But more importantly, that it's case closed. In less than two weeks, we know nothing about who brought this in, inability to track people, no surveillance cameras. What if it was something much more dangerous? Well, again, I can't really speak to the investigation that was done by the Secret Service. Uh, they did the best they could to, to track down uh, how it got there and, and who it might have belonged to, and they just were not able to come up with any forensic evidence that, that proves it. But, of course, look, we take this seriously. That's not the kind of thing we want to see happen. Now, it did happen in a visitor's uh, lobby area out just, <clears throat> just outside the main West Wing. Um, uh, so it was... Tr- okay, so I think that's an important thing to mention because someone, uh, uh, Corito Paps Senaton, sorry if I didn't say that right, says Kaylee McEnany, press secretary, said on TV there were no cameras in the West Wing. If it is, she lied. Inside the West Wing is different to the exterior of the West Wing and the entrance to the West Wing. So John Kirby just said there that this was just outside the West Wing. It's my understanding that as you come in, uh, you have these cubbies, and then that's when you'll be entering the West Wing. Considering the fact that that's where the principal and all of his cabinet members are going to be, I understand that there would likely be no cameras in there. Certainly, there's not going to be cameras in the Oval Office or anything. But I just don't buy that they wouldn't have cameras uh, tuned right on those cubby holes because otherwise, I mean, it would be a major security risk. And I just don't believe that the Secret Service uh, would be okay with that trafficked area. We're going to take a look at uh, uh, at how that happened, and obviously, we'll if there's things we can do to prevent that in, in the future, certainly we'll do that. Nobody's happy about this. Well, please keep us updated if you track anything else down. Yeah, you bet. Especially Hunter Biden uh, is not happy about it because that's just another eight ball of cocaine that he's not going to be able to get his hands on. All right, so now I also saw this, and I, I felt like it was just supremely terrible timing. You likely have a coke addict living in the White House. You just found cocaine inside the White House in an area that likely was traveled by Hunter and the entire Biden family. The United States, uh, as like the leader in the war on drugs, uh, has had this kind of back and forth relationship. You know, we go after leaders in other nations if we believe them to be involved in drug trafficking. It's happened to Noriega. It's happened in uh, Colombia, Venezuela, all over the place. And apparently over Colombia, we have satellites that monitor the growth and production of cocaine in these coca fields. Coca Cocaine is the number one crop coming out of Colombia. Now, cocaine is grown other places as well, but apparently the soil is perfect in Colombia for cocaine. Now, they don't only produce cocaine for recreational drug use. They also produce a tea made from coca leaves. Um, It's basically the same thing, except you're drinking cocaine instead of snorting it, but it's neither here nor there. So the the tragedy and, and the comedy come in. Uh, When we learned that 
the Biden administration has just suspended those satellites which were monitoring the coca crops in Colombia. Now, this is also at a time when production is surging. The weather is perfect. And at the same time that they are turning off the satellites to watch where these drugs are coming from, we also find cocaine in the uh, near the West Wing of the right White House. It just seems like a bad play uh, with just a few days between the hasty ending of this investigation. We're now learning that the suspended satellites have been turned off. So we're not looking at those. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision coca fields anymore you have to ask yourself who's coming and going from those coca fields uh the cia uh despite the united states government having this like massive war on drugs the cia 
was involved with cocaine production down in South America. The CIA was involved with cocaine trafficking into America. The cocaine was being flown into Mina Airport right under the nose of Bill Clinton, if you will, to to coin a phrase. Uh, And uh, everybody knew about it. All right. And this is how they started the crack epidemic in L.A. This is how they essentially turned the United States into a failed drug state. Uh, This is really, really bad look for the Biden regime. And uh, I just don't see what they're thinking uh, when they do this. Uh, So anyways, uh, that's that's really all it is. Uh, So I'd like to get back into uh, the discussion about President Trump and Turning Point USA. So one of the things about TPUSA Uh, When they hold it, when it's uh, election season, they have these straw polls, okay? And now Turning Point is obviously a big conservative event. Charlie Kirk is the the guy behind Turning Point USA. I heard they had some issues with uh, overcapacity, and there were people that that showed up that were forced to wait in like 110 degrees uh, out in um, uh, in the Florida heat without any air conditioning. It was kind of uncomfortable. But uh, at the end of the day, everybody got in. Everybody was able to see this stuff. And the results of the straw poll are a fairly good indication of, of what the country sees in these candidates. Now, it should be no surprise to you that President Donald J. Trump was the winner of the straw poll. <clears throat> now, they say 85% here. It was actually 87.5%. So that means only 12.5% of the votes were for other candidates. Now, interestingly, Vivek Ramaswamy has won the poll as uh, the second runner-up. So that <clears throat> might indicate that he is a possible contender for the VP slot. Uh, more than anything, he beat out Ron DeSantis. So 87.5% of that vote, uh, again, I don't think it's a big surprise. Charlie Kirk said Donald Trump is the winner of the Turning Point Action Straw Poll. But the interesting question is, who would win if not Trump? Who would your next choice be? And the convention choice would be, the, the governor of Florida or Nikki Haley or Mike Pence. And the second place with 50% is Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, so 50% of those who polled said Vivek Ramaswamy would be their second choice. Nobody else got that many votes. Now, I, I, there was a, 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 people have a bone to pick with Vivek Ramaswamy. And uh, we did a bit of a, a live dive on this the other night. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy was uh, one of many recipients of a foundation grant given by a foundation that was started by George Soros's brother and his wife. Uh, it's intended specifically for immigrants or the children of immigrants, uh, and it allows people who are highly intelligent uh, to have their higher education paid for, like a master's degree or a doctorate. I, I don't know enough about Vivek Ramaswamy. Other than what I've seen him talking about recently, he could be a sleeper. I'll, um, I'm not going to say that he isn't. Um, but all I'm saying is that uh, we should recognize that just the fact that he accepted this grant when he was much younger, like over 10 years ago, you know, who's to say, you know, where he was at in his awakening process? You know, what type of a politician was he planning on being? You know, is he red pilled on anything at all? I mean, what's his uh, what's his uh, feelings about <clears throat> George Soros and the Soros Foundation and, you know, even the his brother's foundation where he got this this grant? 
I, I think that those are questions that should be asked. But I just don't feel comfortable saying Vivek Ramaswamy is a Soros puppet. Not yet. Not yet. Not saying it isn't a possibility. I'd like to find out and I'd like to definitely ask him those questions. So what do you think? Do you think that Vivek Ramaswamy would be a, an appropriate choice for vice president? Um, would that help out Donald Trump or would that hurt him at the end of the day? Let me actually show you. Hang on, I have a uh, a story about this uh, because it is something that I've been saying for a long time, and uh, President Trump appears to agree with me. Uh, he was in an interview on Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo. She actually asked him about his likely VP pick, and he mentioned that several of the people who were on stage called him and said that they were interested in being his VP pick. I think Vivek would be one of those people, uh, certainly who's throwing his hat in the ring. Um, but President Trump said forthright, one of my biggest mistakes in my first term was some of the people I picked for my cabinet. I've been saying this for such a long time. I've been saying that in a Trump 2.0 administration, we need to have a vastly different process for President Trump to choose the people who are going to be seated next to him and that are going to be supporting his agenda. Because as we saw in his first administration, it was a bunch of uh, uh, fake sycophants, people who uh, uh, acted like they liked Trump. But then when they got there, they were not willing to do the things that he wanted them to do. They possibly actively stood in his way. Uh, you know, I love Eric Prince. You know, his, his work with uh, Blackwater is great, but his sister, Betsy DeVos, I feel like she was a terrible choice. And the list goes on and on. There are a lot of people that's that really, really disappointed us while President Trump is in office. And it's good to see that President Trump sees that as well. She said, is there anything you could look back on in 2016 that you think you might have done differently? And he said the mistake would be people. Amen. This was the if there was a mistake, this was it. Now, you can take this a couple of different ways. We'll talk about the various possibilities of this in a second. But he said, I mean, I wouldn't have put a guy like Bill Barr and he was weak and pathetic. I wouldn't have put Jeff Sessions. And there are some people that I wouldn't have put in. You know, most people were good, but I had some people. We had Esper. I didn't like him. <laughs> he was incompetent. I thought we had other people uh, I didn't like. So why did you put them in the job then? He says you put somebody in. You think they're good. All of a sudden, I'm the president of the United States, and it's like a different society. I was New York, and you know, it was a different thing. So I didn't know people. I became president. I'm riding down Pennsylvania Avenue with our first lady. I had 250 motorcycles. I had armies. I had everything. I said, do you believe it? We're president. Take a look. This is wild, right? But I've never been involved in that. And this is uh, something that I have said for a very long time. When President Trump came into office, the RNC handed him a list of people and said, these are the people that you need to have in your government. It, President Trump was not a politician. He, I think that he truly believed that he could trust some people around him and that this is the only way that you had to do it. Well, how, what does he know? Uh, but then there's also the possibility that perhaps Trump was fully aware of the fact that all of these establishment Republican rhinos were going to stab him in the back. And it gave him an opportunity to have a level of success despite having the opposition uh, in such a way that it showed him to be fully the, the most competent uh, and, uh, and, and, and forward-thinking leader the United States has had in a generation. Uh, so, she said, Maria Bartiromo, you didn't know what to expect. 
And President Trump said, well, I didn't know the people. I know the people now better than anybody has ever known. The people I know, the good ones, the bad ones, the dumb ones, the smart ones, you didn't drain the swamp like you said you would. He said, I did. I fired Comey. I fired a lot of people. A lot of the people I had, I fired. I fired Comey very early. And you know, there was a question as to whether or not you could, but I fired Comey. If I didn't fire Comey, I think I would have been able to serve out my term because that was a plot. I don't think I would have been able to serve out my term because that was a plot. I tend to agree with him there. And uh, I think it's an unfair thing to say that President Trump didn't drain the swamp. Uh, he did a tremendous job in the first four years in office, and he opened the eyes of the American people uh, to a, a degree that I don't think possibly could have been done by anybody else. T.Z. Burton says, I have to run. Here is some money for the White House Secret Service to go fingerprint dusting school. Thank you so much, T.Z. Burton, and thank you for being here, buddy. I appreciate you hanging out with us. You guys, we have uh, 3,289 people with us right now. Do me a favor, please, if you're on Rumble, hit that like button. If you're watching over there on on uh, Roku, just go to your uh, phone, go to the app, click that like, and I would sincerely appreciate it, guys. It means so much to me. Uh, but uh, but I'm glad to see that President Trump is thinking about the makeup of his next administration. And let me tell you, uh, little birdie told me that uh, Trump is really paying close attention to the people that he brings into the White House in his next administration. Uh, and, you know, we've already heard him uh, uh, speaking about General Flynn. We've heard him giving praise to uh, certain other people. But I think what's most important is that he knows the people that he can trust and the people that he can't. I think 95% of Trump's first term in office was exposing the deep state and exposing the people who were going to stab him in the back. So President Trump 2.0, it's going to be a vastly, vastly different experience. So Tucker Carlson uh, at TPUSA this weekend also uh, had some statements to make about people who do the right thing. Unfortunately, in our society, when you get out uh, and and stand up and you whistleblow or you uh, you know talk about the failings of your government the things they're doing to crush our civil liberties uh, or perhaps the uh, favored treatment that people like Hunter Biden and Joe Biden get uh, when you speak out like that the system crushes you look at what they've done to Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson knows that uh, he also had this to say while he was at TP USA. Let's go ahead and take a listen real quick. This is his opening. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. The, the, yes. Thank you. The smoke machines are so affirming. Wow, this is... Thank you for having me. It's funny, I, I was just standing. First of all, may I say, go Megan Kelly. I mean, that, was, that was awesome. Thank you. It's pretty, I don't, thank you. I, I don't. I don't think most unemployed people get a reception like that. And in a in a recession like this, to find yourself without a job and people still being nice to you is like unbelievable. I was <laughs> I was standing on those stairs. No, I have a job. I'm just kidding. Uh, well, I love you too. Thank you. 
I was standing on the stairs and I saw the intro and I was like, that's the most TV I've watched in three months. And I have to say, it feels absolutely great. Thank you very much for having me. I don't, I don't. Roger Stone, ladies and gentlemen. All the cool people are here. It's like unbelievable. Um, wow. Yeah, I haven't been around a ton of people in a while, but I never miss this event ever. And I meet the nicest people, really, that I ever meet. I'm sorry, that was the wrong clip. Hold on just a second. This is it. No one is punished for lying. No one is punished for lying. People are only punished for telling the truth. Mm -hmm. You could literally... You could literally wake up tomorrow, move to the Bahamas, start a fake cryptocurrency, (laughs) defraud a million investors around the world of billions of dollars. I'm just saying you could do, and I'm not recommending it. Note to the FEC, not recommending it. But you could do that, and you could get caught, and people might have like a balanced view of you. He's really smart, good guy. Got a little over his skis, as we say. But, like, I'm not going to hate on him. Right? We all make mistakes. Like, who here, raise your hand if you haven't defrauded a million investors with a fake cryptocurrency. Okay, there are some. There are some. You cast the first stone, then. Those kinds of crimes, which is to say actual crimes, like burning down buildings, impoverishing people, starting totally counterproductive wars we can't win that kill a lot of our citizens, leaving the border open so 7 million people can walk across. Those are not small things. That's like, it's not all like forgetting to fold your napkin correctly at Thanksgiving. Those are like actually kind of world historic crimes. Never punished. What are the crimes that are punished? Thought crimes. Thinking the wrong thing. Having the wrong beliefs. Saying unapproved words. That's exactly it. In today's world, under this administration, under the current regime of the elites of this country, the American oligarchy, they have criminalized the most basic freedoms and rights that America was founded upon. And they penalize you for standing up and speaking out and doing the right thing. You know, I, I not to, you know, bring myself into this, but I mean, it's a perfect example. You know, I have been maligned by the mainstream media. I've been lied about in the press and I'm not special. You know, I mean, there are hundreds, if not thousands of other people just like me who have been the target of ire and scorn. And if they can't go after you by your reputation, then they try to go after you in your wallet. They want to make sure that you're not able to support yourself doing the work that you want to do, that it is no longer a profitable venture for the truth to be told, that the only way you can get paid is by lying, uh, that you go in and you tell people a whole bunch of BS and that by doing so, well, then you can go ahead and uh, and support yourself and support your family. But God forbid you go out and tell the truth on any one thing 
and uh, they're going to come after you. They're going to try to destroy you. Uh, look at what they did to Tucker Carlson. They fired him almost as soon as he started talking about Ray Epps. Uh, and uh, he luckily started talking about a whole lot more. But I think that it's a wonderful thing. I'm glad that Tucker left Fox News because I think that now he is unleashed and America is listening. There are so many instances of red pilling taking place all across this country. It has been an incredible experience, a wild ride. And I got to say, in the same way that President Trump's first term in office was defined by the people who tried to stop him exposing themselves, we see the same thing happening out here in the media. And uh, I am proud to be part of the alternative media. And I gladly take these slings and arrows in the same way that President Trump did for us. Esther says, Zach, you are very special. Appreciate you very much. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, let me go ahead and uh, and bring you to this next little tidbit about Tucker Carlson. Um, uh, apparently, Chris Christie refused to get on stage with, with Tucker Carlson. Uh, also, Chris Christie claims that he can kick Donald Trump's ass. Uh, but, of course, when it comes to uh, having tough questions asked by a competent journalist, uh, a man of integrity and intelligence, Chris Christie is not willing to jump into the ring. Uh, so Christie was being interviewed by George Stephanopoulos, ABC News, uh, regarding Tucker's criticism of the never-ending USAID to Ukraine. Tucker was on fire with the truth about that this weekend. We've had billions of taxpayer dollars just get sent into what is essentially a burning pit in the ground in Ukraine. Uh, we've had weapons, uh, we've had bullets, we've had artillery and uh, and tanks all destroyed and, and probably a fair number of piles of American dollars. But Chris Christie had replied that uh, the reason he didn't meet with Tucker Carlson and take part in that uh, event was because he'd been in Iowa at the Family Leadership Summit on Friday. Uh, and uh, and he would have called Tucker out for being wrong. He said, I would have said, you've always been wrong about this, Tucker, and you're still wrong. Uh, any politician who looks at the American public and the conversation taking place and can still look you in the face and suggest that we have the moral imperative to help the Ukrainian people go up against a, a, a superpower that they have no possible way of defeating and by putting by doing so, putting America in the way of World War Three, those people are delusional. And Chris Christie is first among them. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a listen to Chris Christie's conversation. Tucker actually tweeted this out and said, sounds like this could use a longer conversation. We just asked Governor Christie to sit down and explain his views on Ukraine. He refused. You hate to think that Chris Christie is a blustery coward who plays the tough guy with sycophants at ABC, but won't answer real questions. But who knows? We hope he reconsiders. And uh, Chris Christie is, uh, hang on, is that, no, it's not an actual video. I thought it was a video. Anyways, this was uh, Chris Christie suggesting that he would kick Donald Trump's ass. Uh, let's also talk about what a bad look that is. Does that make sense? I mean, uh, that sounds like something Joe Biden would say. Didn't he suggest that he would go toe to toe with Donald Trump in the ring? 
Uh, it just seems to me to be somebody who <laughs> who is out of touch <laughs> and uh, and and really uh, disconnected from reality. Here is Chris Christie with the box of Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Here he is. <laughs> Chris Christie fighting for Ukraine. Oh, my gosh. The memes about Chris Christie are uh, some of the best. Some of the best. Hang on. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you got to love it. Oh, Anyways, uh, moving on from that, uh, Tucker Carlson's interactions with Mike Pence were also gold this weekend. Uh, now, the, the 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 statement that Mike Pence made, Tucker Carlson asked him about the war in Ukraine and America sending billions of dollars over there and uh, and, and said, you know, hey, why are we doing that when we've got Americans suffering? And Mike Pence said, that's not my concern. Fredo Awakening says Chris Christie can kick a sandbar, a, a Sunday bar's ass. That's about it. Who does this guy think he's kidding? Yeah, uh, I don't think that uh, I don't think that anybody is buying what Chris Christie is is selling. He is a disgraced, corrupt New Jersey politician. He has never had a chance of becoming the Republican nominee for president. He never will. He's one of those people who is in love with himself, despite the way he looks, despite what he's done in his life. He has no accomplishments to his name. I think the only thing that I remember about Chris Christie is that he was involved in Bridgegate. But anyways, the clip of Mike Pence saying, that's not my concern, that went viral over the weekend. And, you know, Tucker was like, oh, I can't believe you'd say that. But Mike Pence is claiming that this is fake news, that this is not what he really said. Now, let's go ahead and take a listen together. Uh, we've talked about this over the weekend, but that the Ukraine- we talked about this over the weekend. But I just I want to I want to make sure that we are uh, unambiguous in the agreement of what Mike Pence said. Let's go ahead and take a listen. You are distra- you. you are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received of billions of U.S. tax dollars don't have enough tanks. Right. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. <laughs> Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. That's not you are my th- concern. Uh, that was Mike Pence's answer <laughs> when confronted with the plight of United States citizens over the plight of Ukrainians. Now, uh, here we have some context that's been added on Twitter. This tweet is framing Pence as saying that he is not concerned with American cities falling. Pence said that's not my concern in response to Tucker saying your concern is that the Ukrainians don't have enough tanks. OK, so Mike Pence is saying that the the Ukrainians not having enough tanks. That's his that's not his concern. But it sure sounded like he was saying that he was unconcerned with the plight of of Americans. So anyways, Mike Pence is claiming fake news. Uh, he says, uh, this is what we call fake news. Here's the cl- full clip of my remarks if you're interested. Uh, and uh, I, I think that at the end of the day, we have one major takeaway from this. The old political establishment is dead. 
regardless of what Mike Pence truly meant there, uh, that was a tremendous gaffe. And I think that it goes to the heart of what Americans feel about the American political leadership that we have currently. They ignore and they have ignored the plight of Americans for decades, you know, probably a century or more, uh, while at the same time funding these endless and ongoing conflicts in other parts of the world. There's a lot of money out there that's being spent on things that I think the average American believes is a total waste of time. Uh, and I think that one of the things that a lot of people feel is definitely a waste of time is donating to Mike Pence's political campaign, uh, especially after that display over the weekend. It looks like he may not be able to hit the donor threshold to even participate in the GOP debates. I'm actually kind of sad about that. I would like to see Mike Pence and Donald Trump on stage in a debate, uh, and uh, especially after they had the history that they had with him being uh, vice president. So uh, in order to get onto that debate stage, you must have 40,000 donors. Mike Pence has not hit that. Now, the New York Times says uh, from a couple of campaign aides in Mike Pence's campaign, he's only raised $1.2 million. That is a paltry sum for a former vice president. Now, to put this into perspective, President Trump has raised $35 million in the second quarter alone. Governor DeSantis has raised $20 million. Now, I've got more word, more news for you about DeSantis's campaign, too. So, Unlike other candidates who have employed online gimmicks to secure 40,000 donors, Mike Pence has invested very little in seeking out contributors on the Internet. Uh, the Times has said that his campaign has spent just $14,230 in advertising on Facebook and Google, according to data collected by <clears throat> a group that uh, tracks that. Uh, a figure is that one-fortieth of what's been spent on those platforms by somebody like Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, who just joined the political race in February. Um, in an admission of its struggle to raise online money, the Pence campaign plans to spend a large bulk of what it's raised on a robust direct mail program aimed at helping him accrue enough donors to qualify for the first debate. Uh, Committed to America, which is a political action committee supporting Mike Pence's presidential aspirations, themselves alone raised $2.7 million during that April to June reporting period that ended at the end of the month. Now, they noted for an organization that that can receive unlimited donations, uh, this figure is small. So it begs the question, is Mike Pence even really running for president? I mean, what is his end goal here? Is he attempting to make Donald Trump continue to be the strongest possible contender? Is Mike Pence there to siphon off votes from other people who may likely pick up votes. The more people we have in the Republican presidential primary race, uh, the more opportunities we have for Donald Trump to be the single best candidate among them. That has been the case. It will remain the case. And I hope that we see Mike Pence make it to the debate stage because I'd like to see him and Donald Trump uh, talk about this. Now, uh, <laughs> 
after the event on Friday, uh, Tucker Carlson speaking at Turning Point USA. Uh, he had a couple of comments to make about uh, his ending of Mike Pence's career. Uh, and uh, you might say that Tucker Carlson uh, definitely enjoyed that line of questioning. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and take a listen to him savaging those comments by Pence. No, 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 no. But if I could make some general observations, which I think are more edifying than just like savaging Mike Pence. Um, I, I think, <laughs> which I'm not gonna do, because that would be wrong. And it would be wrong because it's too easy. And the easy things are not rewarding, are they? You don't feel good when you beat your five-year-old in soccer or ping pong, like what? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's right. He's right. It's low hanging fruit. You know, Mike Pence is not going to be the nominee. You know, that, that's, a ba- that's a, about as far as I'm willing to take it. Ron DeSantis, he's not going to be the Republican nominee either. I mentioned Ron DeSantis's campaign. He has raised uh, about maybe, what, 55, 60 percent of what Donald Trump has raised in that quarter. Uh, and from what I understand, I saw this reported over the weekend, uh, his political coffers uh, have nearly run dry. Uh, as a result of that, he has been forced to fire about a dozen staffers uh, and so that he can kind of shore this up and perhaps make better use of his money. Uh, it's only been two months, uh, and he started off with a bang. The entire establishment was behind Ron DeSantis uh, because they believed they could push him to the front of the pack, but they underestimated the popularity and the grassroots support for Donald J. Trump, our president in perpetuity. Now, uh, we had also an appearance by DeSantis on Sunday Morning Futures uh, in early July where the uh, uh, governor was pressed about his failure to launch. She said, I'm wondering what's going on with your campaign. There was a lot of optimism about you running for president earlier this year. But here's this weekend's headline from Politico. Failure to launch Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's campaign to topple Donald Trump has stalled. Uh, I think that there, there is no other way that you can frame it. Uh, and so given the fact that Ron DeSantis has no enthusiasm, he has now lost that straw poll at Turning Point USA. I think it's quite clear what the American people want and who they want. Is Ron DeSantis also continuing to run for president or is he just continuing to make sure that he ends up on national news coverage? Uh, well, I'll tell you something that he does not want to be on national news coverage uh, because it's associated with his campaign is a ring camera video of a DeSantis door knocker. Uh, who's caught on video saying, eat my balls. Uh, this one made me laugh out loud. Let's go ahead and take a listen. Oh, we're gonna have to go to uh, to Twitter to do this. I I couldn't believe this. I mean, this is this is just not what you want happening. Get off my fucking lawn, then I'd be like, yo, eat my balls, honestly. <laughs> I'm gonna turn this up. Eat my big hairy sack. You call it a fire sack. <laughs> this, and I'm a little stoned, so I don't even care. Oh. Okay, so this guy is knocking on doors. The ring camera automatically turns on and he's talking to somebody on his phone about the response he's gotten from people as he attempts to give them information about Ron DeSantis. And uh, he's he said that people told him to get the F off their lawn. Obviously, Ron DeSantis, this is in uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Okay, so let's listen to it with the volume up. Fuck you. Get off my fucking lawn. Then I'd be like, 
Yo, he might pause, honestly. He's my big, hairy sack. So eloquent. Oh, my sack. <laughs> and I'm a little stoned, so I don't even care. Uh. Well, he knows that Ron DeSantis is not going to be the nominee. I think Ron DeSantis knows he's not going to be the nominee. And yes, Fredo, Mike Pence's wife did get an envelope at the Bush funeral. Um, I need to I need to see if I can dig up that video that I did about the Bush funeral and see if I can get it back online. That was a good one. That was like my highest performing video ever. All right. So one of the reasons that me as a Floridian don't want Ron DeSantis running for president is because we want him taking care of the state. Now, in his stead, people are still continuing to take care of the needs of Florida. Uh, One such person is Christopher Rufo. He was hired by Ron DeSantis uh, for his education department. And Christopher has been looking at uh, exposing uh, diversity, equity and inclusion, uh, uh, I guess, programs at uh, a variety of different taxpayer funded institutions specifically in this instance, at the University of Florida, uh, where Rufo claims that the University of Florida lied through their teeth so that they could downplay the vast scope of their DEI work uh, in an official filing that they gave to Ron DeSantis. Ron had specifically asked, uh, you know, I need to know what you guys are doing with DEI because the taxpayers are paying for it. So Rufo says that the officials at Florida State or what is that? Yeah, University of Florida, rather, uh, are lying through their teeth by underreporting the scope of their DEI programs on campus. In January, DeSantis and his office uh, sent a letter to state colleges and universities asking them for a uh, uh, an accurate listing of programs and activities that are related to critical race theory and diversity. Uh, now, here is that letter itself. Let me get this pulled up. So, uh, as the executive office of the governor prepares policy and budget proposals ahead of the 2023 legislative session, it's important to have a full understanding of the operational expenses of state institutions. It's a totally legitimate thing. Governor DeSantis has prioritized a cost-effective higher education system that delivers high-quality service to Floridians to best prepare them for employment. Additionally, a state law requires dutiful attention to curriculum content and our higher education systems as specified in a number of Florida statutes. So to that effect, this letter is a request for information from the Department of Education and the state university system regarding the expenditure of state resources on programs and initiatives related to diversity, equity, and inclusion and critical race theory within those state colleges and universities. So Every single member of this system, the every college or university in the Florida college system and the university system uh, must have completed this uh, this handout that was sent to them, uh, giving a comprehensive list of uh, staff, the programs themselves, what campus activities are part of those expenditures, uh, but all of them related to diversity, equity, inclusion and critical race theory. So then uh, in order to successfully report this, uh, he was asking for a brief description of the program. Program or activity, positions including full and part-time, uh, full-time employees, a total funding spent to support those initiatives, and uh, the total spent to support the initiative. Uh, how much of that is actually state-funded? So they had until uh, a certain date to get that back, no later than January of uh, of this year. So. In their report, the University of Florida said that they only had 30 to 40 diversity, equity, and inclusion schemes, which were roughly costing the taxpayers $5 million per year. 
That, to me, looks like uh, something that is an uh, in, in overindulgence, uh, an expenditure that is unnecessarily increasing the cost of college tuition for people here in Florida. Now, despite the fact that we're the ones paying for it, if kids end up going to these colleges, they're still going to get charged more because these universities are always going to double dip. However, when Christopher Rufo looked into the University of Florida's actual diversity, equity, inclusion, and critical race theory programs, he identified more than a thousand of them at that one university. And he did this by creating a public records request. He said, I've discovered through public record requests and the threat of litigation that the University of Florida, which is under the purview of a red state legislature, explicitly lied to the governor in its official response to his request about their DEI programs. I've discovered these through bombshell documents that they, in fact, had more than a 1,000 separate DEI programs embedded in every facet of the university's programs and administrations. Now, Rufo continued by saying the problem was much bigger than just the University of Florida, and that's when they're discovered. They make every attempt to hide, obfuscate, and conceal the true nature of what's happening inside their institutions. So, we have now, from DeSantis, uh, an appointment of a six- conservative board members to the liberal new college of florida and that includes christopher rufo uh and in their duties they're going to be seeking out these dei programs and ending them let's see if we can't uh, significantly bring down the cost of my taxes being paid for something stupid like diversity equity and inclusion something which at the heart of it is going to harm me and the people that i care about there should be no diversity equity and inclusions or garbage critical race theory being taught. Uh, This is a precursor to Marxism. Uh, This is a precursor to the extinction of a certain population on planet Earth. Racism is racism. And when you hire or admit on anything other than merit or ability, uh, then you are effectively being unfair to one person or another. This is America. We are a meritocracy, or at least we used to be. We need to get rid of programs like this. So I'm going to end today, guys, uh, on a brief discussion about the electability of Joe Biden. I think that we all know Joe Biden will not be elected for a second term. He wasn't, frankly, elected for his first term. Uh, There are other people out there who are beginning to admit this. One such person is this former Clinton advisor who did appear on Fox News. This is former Clinton advisor and Democratic strategist Doug Schoen. He appeared on Fox News Monday uh, to discuss the fact that Joe Biden probably is not going to have enough votes to win the 2024 race. Now, he doesn't specify that. That is for the um, uh, uh, for the primary. I think he's talking about the general election, but I think it goes both ways. I think that based upon the unlikelihood of Joe Biden's electability, he will not be the nominee because there will be other people who run in the primary that dethrone him. He is so violently unpopular that a radical socialist like Cornell West is uh, garnering more support among the Democrat base. Now, 
I don't think Joe Biden is going to make it. And I think that this right here is the way that we dethrone him, because what we'll do is uh, the Democrat field will be so full of other people than Joe Biden. Uh, the Democrats of America will bend over backwards to uh, uh, elect somebody else to the general election. Joe Biden will be disgraced. He will not be able to continue on. That will be the end of his presidency. But whoever they get into that spot for the general election is also not going to be popular enough to be Donald Trump. If we're talking about 88% of Republicans that are in favor of Donald Trump being president again, uh, just imagine how many Democrats have recently come over to the conservative side of the aisle, not necessarily because they're, you know, socially and fiscally conservative, but because they are simply not as radical as the left wing that is currently in control right now. Uh, so I think that uh, somebody like Tulsi Gabbard could definitely give Joe Biden a run for his money. She's announced that she's considering a presidential bid. Now, I don't know uh, if she would be running as a Democrat or a third party. Party candidate. But let's take this into account. I think that there is a distinct possibility that even if Joe Biden is able to slide in as the Democrat nominee for president, we will also have at least one additional third party candidate. And then any third party candidate sitting next to Joe Biden will split that Democrat vote. <clears throat> and essentially, once more, all of the main votes are going to go to Donald Trump. So whether it's Tulsi Gabbard or Cornell West, I think that what we're talking about here is a crowded field in 2024, uh, where that crowd of uh, nominees will siphon votes away from the Democrats. It will make it impossible for them uh, to steal the election in the way that they did. And this is on top of all of the other initiatives that have taken place, uh, you know, such as the inclusion of men in women's sports, uh, you know, for the average everyday American, especially fathers of daughters, we don't want biological men competing with our daughters in sports and activities. Leah Thomas, I uh, forgot his real name, but uh, he was recently photographed wearing this Antifa super soldier shirt. Uh, and uh, I got to say, you know, if uh, if you're a man going up against another man, uh, you might have an easier time if they've been taking, uh, uh, not testosterone, but estrogen. But either way, this is the perfect image of that radical left-wing ideology that we see infecting America right now. Leah Thomas is a biological man, should not be able to uh, uh, compete in sports. And uh, that is now being actually proven by other transgender athletes. We have here a uh, Korean transgender uh, person who, com- biological male, competed in a women's cycling competition and won. Uh, they shut out every other woman that was running in this race. They didn't do it because they wanted to win. They do it because they wanted to prove a point. And that point was that men should not be competing in women's sports. Uh, they said, I have no unresolved feelings over winning because that's no longer what I want. My goal was to stir controversy and get my story heard by competing. When uh, this person crossed the line in the women's race, he was more relieved than triumphant because they felt they were finally able to make a point about male physical superiority and gender inclusion in sports. And at the same time, now felt sorry for the female cyclists who competed against him and offered their energy drinks as an apology during the race. I am not honored. I am not proud of myself at all. I believe other transgender athletes would feel the same way. They may not want to admit it, 
but they're being selfish. There is no honor as an athlete in that. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, you take a look at something like this. This guy, who's clearly a biological male, signed up as a woman uh, to compete in a weightlifting competition. He blew them all away because he's a dude. Uh, you know, we got different bone structures. We got different bone density. We've got more muscle fiber. We are bigger all around. And that is the sum total of the argument of why it is unfair for a man to compete in a women's sport. It's also unfair for a man to be around children or a jail where women are being housed. Uh, you know, we've seen a number of instances throughout the years of uh, trans uh, inmates being put into women's prison. People get pregnant. Uh, it is simply just a bad idea. But take a look at this. In Scotland, we have a non-binary man who has been convicted of charges uh, related to sexually abusing a 15-year-old boy. This began back in 2010. The victim was 15, a minor at the time that the crimes began, and this uh, non-binary person uh, continued to abuse them. Now that person is, uh, the, the, the boy who was abused is, uh, is 20, uh, wait, uh, was 20 at the time. And, uh, they sexually assaulted the minor three times over a six year period from 2010 to 2016. Now, during the first assault back in 2010, the perpetrator sexually attacked the boy while he was sleeping. Uh, the youth woke up to, a, a, an act being performed on his mouth. And then during the second attack, this non-binary man grabbed the victim's genitals and overpowered him. He pulled a Kevin Spacey on him. Uh, then he performed a sexual act upon him. Uh, and then during the third assault, he once again assaulted him while he was sleeping. Now, this guy, the reason I bring it up, not to disgust you, although you should be disgusted, uh, not to give you nightmares, but just to show you how wild and insane the world has gone. Now, this this man was convicted on all charges. However, he's not going to face any prison time despite being known as a repeat sexual offender. Back in 2018, he was convicted of sexually assaulting an intoxicated transgender man. And then after that accident incident, he changed his own gender to non-binary. I think it's clear that because he is uh, claiming to be non-binary, uh, he has now been given special accommodation and special handling. Uh, he's gotten no jail time. Uh, he, uh, he he was ordered to carry out uh, 200 hours of uh, community service. Uh, there was a, a statement from the victim about the damage that's been done to them. Uh, the, the, the allegations here are undeniable. <clears throat> The allegations are something that you can't turn away from. What we also cannot afford to turn away from uh, is the fact that people are identifying as these groups because they know they're going to receive special treatment. And to be frank, they're they're messing up the field for people who have a genuine psychological disorder such as gender dysphoria, who uh, would receive some, I don't know, some realistic therapeutic value of uh, being involved in something like this. But this guy's clearly just a rapist, and he wants to rape young boys, and uh, and he wants to be able to do it with impunity. Uh, 
One final story. Anthony Fauci has been accused uh, of unlawfully granting $26 billion of taxpayer money. What could we have done with that $26 billion? I mean, I guess it probably would have gone to uh, Ukraine already. But the allegation from Congress is that uh, Anthony Fauci was never reappointed as the director of the NIH. This is coming from an investigation by the House Energy and Commerce Committee chair, Kathy McMorris-Rogers. She's a Republican from Washington. Uh, What she uncovered was a failure to properly reappoint 14 NIH officials. And that includes Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now, this uh, th- th- this uh, uh, this proper reappointment is a matter of law. So the fact that Anthony Fauci was never reappointed means that he was unlawfully holding that position, and anything that he did during that time was also in itself unlawful. Now, the investigation of the NIH and Fauci and his cohorts began back in March of 2022, and there are a number of very concerning issues surrounding this reappointment process, which is forcing people to ask questions about the validity of actions that were taken by Fauci and these unauthorized people during that tenure. So on Monday, Rogers revealed that there were 14 NIH employees, and that included Anthony Fauci, who were not lawfully reappointed to their positions in December of 2021 as required by law. We have uncovered that Secretary Becerra failed to follow the Constitution and the law to reappoint top NIH officials when their terms expired in December 2021. As a result of that, we have these 14 NIH officials who held unlawful positions and exercised authority they don't have. This is extremely unsettling, and it goes to show you that there is a disdain for the Constitution among this current authoritative regime. Uh, And it gets worse from there, but we need to close out the show because because I've got to get ready for baseless conspiracies at 10.30 tonight. So let's go back over to this camera so that I can give a thank you to the final people over here on the Foxhole. So uh, Liberty Bells says, love your red pill. Thank you. LKW Cross, thank you so much, uh, says, love your red pill. Thank you. Uh, Just Duckies, good to see you, homie. Dropped a cookie. Chandro dropping two cookies. Doug Simey dropped a cookie. Tick Talks, good to see you, Tick. He says, hey, buddy, just wanted to stop by and show you some support. You guys, if you're not following Tick over on Foxhole, please do me a favor. Make sure that you're subscribed to him because he's a great guy and he does great work. Uh, Jack Attack 17 says, make wood chipper Wednesdays great again. And then Bacon Slut dropping a cookie. Thank you so much, Bacon Slut. I appreciate it. And then one more. Oh, Maggie Bund over on Rumble says, what was under Pence's chair at the funeral. By the way, love you, Zach. Thank you so much. Yes, uh, from what I understand, it was Pence's wife that got that uh, that envelope, if I remember correctly. I'm going to do what I can to try to dig that video up, because that was a good video, and I uh, had a lot of fun making it. All right, you guys, uh, I love you. I appreciate you. I couldn't do this without you. Thank you for being here. 3,800 people here, and over on Rumble, we have 552 likes. Do me a favor. Hit that like button. Uh, also, if you wouldn't mind, uh, oh, Gump says Love you, Zach. I love you too, buddy. Love you, love you too. Uh, you can join as a member on Rumble. Uh, you can also join as a member over on the Foxhole. When you do, it's like an automatic five dollars a month that you donate to the show. Your support is vital in allowing me to continue this. Uh, it doesn't matter if I get any donations at all. I will continue to find a way to put these shows out every single day, and 
I sincerely appreciate you guys hanging out with me today and joining me on my channel. I just hit 185,000 subscribers over on Rumble, uh, so thank you very much for that. If you guys are on Rumble but you haven't subscribed, do me a favor, make sure you do, and uh, please tell everybody that they should be watching Red Pill News on Red Pill 78. Until tonight at 1030 on Baseless Conspiracies, good luck, everyone, and God bless. We'll see you then.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.